2: We are live here on the world-famous Cheeky radio program, coast-to-coast coast and border-to-border border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, Red Nation Radio today and 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio Radio as well. Dan Perkins with us today, of course. He is from TheHill.com and Daily Caller. And uh, then we have our good friend Donald Mozella who... Uh, by the way, is an exceptional writer. I, I, I've gotten a few uh, messages from folks who have picked up your latest book who just love the heck out of your book. So uh, be proud of that, Mr. Mazzella.
3: Thank you, I am. I hope you can tell my publisher that. I want the second
2: volume. But
3: anyway, that's another story.
2: Well, I think that might be Howie. Hold on a sec. We're going to see we can uh, see if... Uh... Well, we only got one ring. Okay, uh, Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella with is today. We're live. We were supposed to have a guest with us today, um, and uh, we haven't heard from him yet. So I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. He is. He was going to be calling us from Louisiana, and uh, I am going to see if he is just. I'll tell ya, I, you. You got to love live radio, gentlemen. You've got to love live radio. We're gonna see if we That's can That's why it's so
0: popular, Jim. <laughs>
2: We're gonna see if we can get him in here. Let's see if uh Albert is gonna join us. We'll see here. Let's we'll see if he'll pick up the telephone. Hey Albert, how are you, my friend? We are, uh, we are joined by our guest today. We have uh, VoteElbert.com is the official website. And uh, your, your campaign manager, Mr. Howie Morgan, uh, mentioned to me several months ago about how you just had to come on the radio program today to talk to Don Mazella and Dan Perkins. And um, uh, you're running, uh, you're a former, uh, let, let me give your uh, details here, former Louisiana State Senator. Uh, you're in the race for the U.S. Congress, LA 4... Um, you, you you were on YouTube. You had videos that had millions of hits ever since you switched to the Republican Party in 2013. You just spoke in D.C. to a few conservative groups, including Judicial Watch. You're uh, heading up the Leadership Institute's uh, monthly June breakfast. You're an African-American elected Republican. You're in great demand, and you're also going to be addressing some of the events in Cleveland during the GOP convention. Um... First of all, my friend, welcome to uh, welcome to our little abode here, Albert. I appreciate you being with us.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to be with you. If I sound a little out of breath, we are on the campaign trail in <laughs> North Louisiana, and I was just literally running to the truck
2: to get here on <laughs> time. That that well, I'm is, glad you can join us. I'm glad you can join us, my friend. Now, uh, talk to me a little bit about your... Uh, I, I want to ask the first question here, and then I know Dan and Donald jump in, because I know they've got plenty of questions for you. Um, first of all, you had a lot of YouTube videos. You switched... From uh, to be in the Republican Party in 2013. Talk to me a little bit about that switch and uh, what prompted you to do that, and then I'll let Dan and Don jump in.
1: Well, it's it's responsibility. Uh, We we have some responsibilities to America, and the Democrat Party was simply not carrying out those responsibilities. Yes. They've gone far... To the left, uh, their anti-God, anti-gun, anti-life <clears throat> positions are simply positions that I cannot, cannot abide. they not the, 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 they don't reflect the values of my community, my
2: family, or my heart. Dan, do you have any uh, questions for for Albert?
0: Oh, there's an old saying about something a bear does in the woods, but yes, I have a few questions. <laughs> um, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce your first name correctly. Is it Albert?
1: Yes, it is. Albert with an
0: E. Albert, As thank you for being on the show. Um, you you, you have no idea how important it is for me to be able to talk to a man of color uh, about his personal beliefs. Um, we, over we have another show that we do live in the evening, and Don and I have been talking about that show, uh, over the last two days. What do we want to talk about? And I wanted to tell you what, I have the opening lead, and I want to tell you what I am going to say, and as a black man, I would love to have your reaction to what I'm about to say. Okay? Okay. I think absolutely. Okay, I'm going to open the show by saying make the making the following statement. I think it's time for the black community to stand up for itself and no longer depend upon any other person regardless of their color to do the right thing for them. I am amazed that we have the Democratic Party who has been responsible for the spawning of MoveOn.org, which gave us um, the most recent organization, Black Lives Matter. So, you know, Albert, I'm really angry at the black community because the black community will go to Dallas, Texas, and they will put 200 people in the street And allow another black man to murder five police officers and wound seven others. And the following night in St. Paul, there will be another protest on the streets of St. Paul where people are throwing rocks, rebar steel, and Molotov cocktails at police officers. And I've listened to these people being interviewed. And I'm really, really upset that nobody in Black Lives Matter, the mayor of Chicago, the president of the United States who is hometown, is saying nothing about the 2,100 shootings that have taken place in the city of Chicago since the first of this year. I'm sick and tired of the black community not standing up, always depending upon the white man to try and solve their problems. What do you say?
1: Wow. That is you've said a mouthful.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I do I uh, tend to do that.
1: <laughs> I wanna say I wanna say amen in a couple of instances. Let me start with uh, with hunger. Government policies of the Democrat Party are destroying the hunger in the black community. I'm not talking about hunger of the belly, which is a, a shallow hunger. I'm talking about hunger of a soul. This concept of I'm going to give you everything I'm going to give you food, I'm going to give you Housing, I'm going to give you money And I'm going to give you Even a telephone Even if you're 25 years old, I'm going to give you that For life, and you don't have to do anything Else as long as you live Just come and vote Democrat from time to time That is Destroying the Initiative The get up and go of my community, and I am really angry about it. Uh, second, let me address the the what the, the plan of the Democrat Party. Lyndon Johnson, when he signed the Civil Rights Act in the mid-sixties, Lyndon said, "I'm going to give them just enough, not very much, just enough to keep them quiet, and I'll have those in words." Voting Democrat for the next 200 years Yep Those are his exact words Third thing On the matter of violence We have Let the Democrats foster a Culture of violence in our country By Filling out under the guise Of free speech uh, All of the garbage music And the garbage videos the violent, disrespectful television, uh, radio, that garbage going into our children has created a culture of violence. And they will kill each other, whether there are guns or sticks or knives or anything. <clears throat> so we must address the culture of violence, and we cannot depend upon that party. To do it. They keep talking about guns, guns, guns. You can outlaw all of the guns in America yep. tomorrow. There will be two groups of people who have guns: government, that is the military and the police, and the criminals. Because if anyone thinks that the criminal components lined up and turned in their guns, they are, as we say in Southwest Louisiana, cool young.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Edward let me let me follow up with one more question before we get to Don. Yes. I think that along with what you've been saying, let me add another dimension to what you're saying. I I've done a great deal of study and have written about abortion in the black community. Uh, the black population of this country is approximately of the population, yet black women account for almost 35% of all the abortions that are taking place. And the Democratic Party has positioned abortion as reproductive freedom. And instead of instilling in the black woman and the black man a sense of moral righteousness, They have created a genocide on the black community because we don't know of the millions and millions of black babies that have been destroyed, whether there was another Dr. Martin Luther King that got destroyed. The resources that the black community has lost through the apartheid of abortion in this country, nobody's talking about. And yet they think it's reproductive freedom but in fact, it's basically genocide on the black community.
1: The word that you use, genocide, is exactly the word that I use. Because that is, is, is exactly what is taking place. When that this uh, Sanger designed Planned Parenthood and brought it into this country as an idea, as a concept of business, she said that she wanted to get rid of black folks.
0: Yes. And yes. she has
1: done a magnificent job of, <laughs> of, of doing exactly that. Yes. You're absolutely right. Look at what we, of, the, of those 50 million aborted babies, how many of them would have been doctors, lawyers, uh, great teachers, great orators, great pastors, uh, and I'm sure there have been a few baseball and basketball and football players too.
0: But, <laughs> but, but if, if, if you know if you, you take if you the take the, board the board. number of abortions that have been committed in the black community, Egbert, understand that if that the majority of those abortions were not performed, the black community would have twenty more seats in Congress. 20 seats, 20 seats that's what's happened through the process of abortion is that the representation of the black community has been diminished because of the apartheid of killing black babies, let me go to Don
2: Don Mazzella, <laughs> jump in there my friend
3: well, it's hard to follow but I'd like to ask him uh, you're, you're campaigning in the 4th congressional district in Louisiana um, yes, sir. Correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
3: Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the makeup of your uh, the constituency and um, how, how you stand? Is there an incumbent a congressman now?
1: Congressman Fleming is leaving his seat to run from the United States Senate. So it's an open seat. Uh, it is. It represents about one-third of Louisiana's land mass, uh, one-sixth of its population. There's one major uh, population center, the Shreveport-Bosier area, and a few smaller ones, Natchitoches, uh, Opelousas, Eunice. It's heavily rural, heavily agricultural, oil, fishing.
0: Uh, and might, I, might I suggest, Egbert, having been in Shreveport, Louisiana, the best crawfish ball I ever ate.
1: Yes, yeah, well, you know, in Louisiana, we do have extraordinary seafood, and we've uh, experimented and learned how to cook it, how to prepare it and serve it. Next time you're here, let me know so that we can do some with
0: you. <laughs> okay. Sorry, John, I just oh. had, to, had that memory flashback I had to get into. Well, it. Let, let, okay.
3: let me ask you this question. Um, have, are you the candidate or are you in the primary uh, uh, in, in this race? Are you, are you the nominee the or the primary? primary?
1: There will be a field of about six or seven persons. So far, one Democrat and uh, the rest of us will be Republicans. So, uh,
3: if I recall correctly, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but you run to the top two uh, in, in the, the initial election, then go to the general election, top two vote-getters? Is, is that correct? The general, that, that is correct.
1: The general will be held in December, about 30 days after the general, uh, after this, Primary election, which is hmm. which will be held at the same time as the presidential election.
3: As as a black man a, a, and a Republican in Louisiana, which is one of those states that has really changed, uh, what do you find are your primary uh, issues that uh, uh, resound with your uh, consi- uh, with your voters?
1: The biggest three that we have found have been this. Government spending, uh, government spending threatens every single one of us in America. Yep. This uh, wild twenty trillion dollars of debt right now, and, and ten more guaranteed under the present budget. The president's president, president's budget. Uh, we are. Yes. We're facing some some, some dark days. Uh, if we go bankrupt, people forget what happened in Greece and in Detroit. All the people who get hurt But secondly uh, Education Half of America's schools Are substandard Half of America's children Cannot read, write, or compute At grade level And that is That's Disgusting And it's a disaster tomorrow Uh, Safety of course Is the third issue And jobs The fourth we must put our people to work. I wouldn't be so upset at, at this great debt. I'd be upset, but not quite as upset if those who are spending it would spend more of it in the United States. But they're building roads and bridges in foreign countries, while our roads and bridges crumble. They're yep. hiring infrastructure to work over there, while our people can't find a job.
2: Uh, Jim, can I ask you another question? Yes, jump in there. We, 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 b- 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 before before we do that, we've got a uh, great guest with us today. We've got Don Mazzella, of course, from SB Digest. We have Dan Perkins from The Daily Caller and, uh, of course, TheHill.com. And today, we have former Louisiana State Senator uh, Albert Galorley. He is in his race for U.S. Congress in LA 4. You may recall him from his YouTube videos that have had millions of hits ever since he switched to the Republican Party in 2013. He just spoke in D to a few conservative groups. His website, VoteElbert.com, and of course, uh, he has a lot of accolades. He's had an endorsement from Rush Limbaugh. He's had an endorsement from Colonel Allen West, and Newsmax just recently uh, nominated him as one of the most 20 influential African-American Republicans in the United States. Dan, go ahead.
0: Wow. How do I follow that? Um, (laughs) Let me, let me. I've been let following
3: me. you for years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're not running for Congress. At least I know of. So, Albert, let me ask you a question. Um, tough question. Um, look at this question from the standpoint of the black community. Nobody else but your constituents in the black community. What do they think about... Barack Obama?
1: I would say that 98% of the people, the black people that I've come in contact with, like, respect, almost revere Obama. Wow.
3: 98%. Will that translate into support for Hillary Clinton in this coming election?
1: If we sit by and fail to tell the story of Hillary, yes. Yes, there'll be a major stampede of black folks to the polls for Hillary. But I'm hoping that the Republican Party will invest uh, enough of its... uh, Treasury, into the truth, into telling the truth about the, the, the deaths that been Benghazi, the, the national security breaches with her emails, the truth about the, the laws that she helped pass in the 90s that devastated young black men. Yeah. The truth about the trade deal that she and her husband put forth on this, this country. That absolutely did send millions of jobs away from the United States, and many of those jobs were held by Michael.
0: Do you do you think? When you you your your number just kind of blew me away that ninety eight percent of the black community, you use the word revered, Barack Obama. Yeah. And I want to follow that. I I can't let that go, Edward. I've got to ask the question. <laughs> got to ask the question. Um, and I don't mean to be harsh is it out of ignorance is it because of passion or is it because of stupidity
1: first I think it's it's a matter of desperation we have been desperate for a hero Yep. and along comes this young man who has enough melanin in his skin to be called an African American, uh, who's articulate and he made a lot of fantastic promises. Not all of them have been kept, but he made a made a lot of pretty promises. He said a lot of pretty things. Silver tongue. Uh, his delivery is not kept up with his his promises. But
0: unfortunately. but but your but your your I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm trying to ask the question. you 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 created a dichotomy for me here, because what you're saying is, he's revered by 98 percent of the black community, but he basically didn't do anything for the black community in seven and a half years. So why is he refer, referred? Why is he so revered? Is it simply because the color of his skin?
1: As I started this this part, this this answer off. We have been desperate for a hero, and Obama has been a hero.
0: But, Egbert, isn't that true of all people in America, not just black people?
1: Yes. Yes, that is correct. It just happened that this hero came much to the black community uh, at, at this particular time in history. Uh, Martin
0: Luther King was a hero. Oh, there's no comparison between the two. None. That is correct.
1: That is I, correct.
0: I I worked on uh, as a young man. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and I was in charge of publicity for the Central Ohio Civil Rights Council, which desegregated the Columbus public schools, and I got very much involved with that with the civil rights movement. Um, but i i i think that the, the the leadership of the civil rights movement that i worked with in the 60s and 70s is nothing like the civil rights leadership of today they 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 um i am I'm, I'm i'm still very surprised egbert as how the black community um there's a, there's a prayer that we say in Christian churches called the Our Father, and part of that prayer says, forgive us our trespasses, and forgive us those who trespass against us. I, I look at what this president has not done for the black community. I look at Hillary Clinton, and there is nothing, virtually nothing in her record that can point to any support of the civil rights movement or black people legislatively in her entire career in the Senate and yet the, the black people are expected to vote for her because she's quote democratic. I suggest to you sir that the democrats who voted in the civil rights period with Dr. Martin Luther King those are not the same democrats today. The democrats today are far left, much more militant and much more anti-government. And there are some people, Edward, who say that the Democratic Party has elevated the Muslims to a higher level than the blacks in the United States.
1: I I do not I could not speak against any words that you have said. But I must clarify one thing that I said.
0: Okay. I said Can I jump in here? Let him, let him, finish? him, let him, let
2: him finish. Go, go, go. go ahead All and right. finish, Albert, and then we'll let Don jump in. Absolutely. I
1: didn't see that Obama had done much for the black community. I, I, there is something, and I thought about it. I must tell you about this. In Louisiana, like everywhere else, we have a lot of poor performing schools. So one of the responses in Louisiana was to come up with a voucher program. 10,000 vouchers, vouchers, 10,000 opportunities for little children, 100% poor, 90% black, to leave some of the worst schools in America and go down the street and get a good education in a, a nonviolent, non-disrupted school that's performing well. Now, <clears throat> during the civil rights struggle... I was accustomed to seeing thugs crawled out of the backwoods of Louisiana to stand in the doorway to prevent little black kids and little poor kids from getting an education. Obama sent his Justice Department, those thugs dressed in Brooks Brothers' suit, crawled suits, crawled out of the belly of Washington, D.C. into Louisiana into the courts, into the federal courts, to destroy that voucher program. That voucher program which benefited 100% poor, 90% black, these little children. So yeah, he did something. And if I sound angry, please forgive me. I am.
3: Go ahead, Don. Well, I I wanted to ask him how, as a black man, uh, you appeal to uh, uh, blacks and and uh, without um, f- um, f- directly attacking President Obama, and uh, get them on your side. I'm curious how you're doing it.
1: Well, I ask folks to look around and, and tell me if you're satisfied. Are you satisfied with no job? Are you satisfied with no security and safety? Are you satisfied with Terrible education for your children. If you are, then you you don't need to talk to me. But most people, most people do listen. And we sit and talk about how we got to the bottom rung of the ladder, why we are still on the bottom rung of the ladder, and why we are on the bottom rung of the ladder after we've had so many years of Democrat presidencies, Democrat administrations. And they listen. And people are beginning to see and to understand. But there are not enough people speaking to the black community. There are not enough Republicans telling the truth to the black community right now.
0: Do you think that, um, it's a very interesting observation. Um, I I, I have written many pieces on the subject matter that you're talking about. And, uh, and I and I, I appreciate your comments. Let's go back to Don.
3: Um, I, I'd like to just uh, follow up, uh, Albert, on that one, um, and and ask you. Uh, I think it's a very good program. Do you think the Republican Party as a whole needs to uh, take that message and bring it to the Republican uh, to the to black people? And, uh, and there's another part to that question. How do you balance the two? Because uh, I don't know what the percentage of your, your, uh, your voters are black and how many are white, but uh, how, do you, how do you appeal to both sides of this equation?
1: I've had incredible success as a crossover candidate, a candidate with a white and black appeal, because... I speak the truth, and I speak common sense. The solutions that I present are common sense, sense solutions. They're not Republican solutions. They're not Democrat solutions. They're common sense solutions. Uh, my support of business has translated into jobs, and people can understand that. Uh, my support of safety and security, uh, people, people can understand. Uh, my support of, of good education, an educational option that affects everyone it affects white people and black people Uh, at the bottom line I believe that all of us are in the same canoe and if we let one part of the canoe tip over the whole canoe will sink so it is in the best interest of all Americans to resolve all of these problems that affect all of us Including
0: the ones in the criminal justice system well, i mean I, I have another question for you
2: yes, go ahead
0: my my concern is that we have now probably ten generations from Dr. King, and we have um both white and black, who have become so dependent upon the government for food and housing and phones and computers that we have systematically destroyed the will of poor people, regardless of color, their desire to want to try and succeed and better themselves. We lose that spirit of America when we have 50% of the population supporting the other 50%. And it creates great tension when we see people who would rather be on the public dole and feed at the community trough than go out and fight to find a job. I thought there was a wonderful statement by the Dallas chief of police, who was a man of color, who was interviewed over the weekend. And he said to the reporters, I am so exhausted. I'm trying to do everything for my men and everything for the people of Dallas, and I'm running out of gas. And he said to those young men and women who were on the protest line for Black Lives Matters, cross over the line and fill out an application to become a policeman, and I will promise you we will put you in your community to police. I thought it was a wonderful situation where a black man was challenging the black youth to get involved, get a job, become a policeman, protect your community. I thought he did a phenomenal job. And and I, I, I don't know whether you feel that the hatred for policemen in the black community is something that's relatively small or is it something that's quite large? I'd love to have your opinion.
1: I believe that it's large. My family's been a law enforcement family for since 1954. We've had uh one assistant police chief one police chief one police lieutenant uh i myself have been on the uh, opelousas my hometown uh police force as a reserve officer for 24 years i'm a sergeant there Uh, i'm as as a law enforcement officer we certainly have an obligation to clean up our our departments and to make sure that every officer who wears the badge who wields our power, our our special holy power, uh, is a is the right kind of person. Should not bring some animosity to the job, some prejudices to the job that prevent him or her from doing her work properly. But we must also all this society must teach people to obey authority. Little kids don't obey authority at home, they don't obey authority at school, and they get away with it. And so they don't obey authority in the street. And there are problems. If a police officer gives you a direct order, you challenge him in the courts. You cannot challenge him on the street, and you certainly cannot challenge him from the graveyard.
0: But let me ask you a question. I understand exactly what you're saying. But how do you change it? How do you teach young people to respect the law, to respect the law enforcement people, to respect their parents, to respect the school teacher? How do you teach that if it's been drummed into them that the police are your enemy? How do you turn that around?
1: We're going to have to do, and we police officers, (coughs) are going to have to do a little more outreach we're going to. There used to be an officer-friendly program long time ago. Police officers going into the schools, talking to kids. We need to revive officer-friendly programs uh, so that we can go into these schools and teach children how to respond and how not to respond to police orders. Schools also.
0: Oh, but but I I apologize for interrupting you. I understand what you're saying. But isn't the respect for the law and the law enforcement doesn't it start at home, not in the schools?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: How do how do we get how do we convince parents that this crap from Black Lives Matter is in fact anarchy? It is not what I want my children to be taught.
1: If there is a parent in America who remains today after the past events of the past two weeks, if any parent remains unconvinced that he or she needs to go home and teach their children to obey, then I, I don't know what can convince them. I could certainly not craft an argument more eloquent than the events of the last two weeks. If they don't understand it now, My God, what would it take to get through to them? That's why we Uh, must depend upon schools and police officers to do that, because parents aren't
3: getting it. You're absolutely correct. You know, I have to make a comment. I've I've interviewed uh, an awful lot of uh, uh, politicians and uh, office seekers in, in my career. You, you you speak uh, very eloquently and very well, and if I were uh, and if I were in your uh, legis- uh, your district, I would vote for you. But uh, let me ask you a, a question: If you were not black, what would be different in the a- answers you just gave me? I uh, gave us
1: absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was, Because of my, my work in the civil rights uh, struggle, I was able to see white people who came from the North to stand with us, people who gave their lives, gave their blood, along with us in that struggle. And so I was able to move beyond seeing the world in black and white terms at an early age and throughout my career I've always as as I I said a few minutes ago I view America in terms of a great canoe and all of us are in it and we can either paddle together or we can sink we can drown separately Uh, so in all of my years it's about moving all of us forward because the canoe the canoe cannot cannot move forward and leave black folks behind. It cannot move forward and leave white folks behind. All of us move forward together.
0: If I can take your analogy and just ask you a quick question, are we about to sink sure. as a nation?
1: We are in danger without question. We are in danger. I am afraid. Not many things do I fear. For the first time, I am afraid for the future that my grandchildren will grow up in. I'm afraid that the finances, the financial situation is going to go bankrupt. I'm afraid that the violence will continue and continue to spiral out of control. Tyranny, political charlatans will benefit from this. And you can see them now, and those are the same ones we we're talking about. Get rid of all the guns,
2: all the time. All, all time. Well, uh, I, I I know we've got to get uh, we've got to get Albert back off the phone because he's got to get back to campaigning. Uh, I appreciate you making time for us today, Albert. Uh, check out VoteElbert.com. And uh, before we let you go, uh, uh, Don and Dan, do you have any advice for Albert in his in his run? Uh, out, out there for U.S. Congress.
3: Get more money behind you.
1: Great idea. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well
1: I, 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 your, I, message, your
3: message, your message is something Elford.com. that that resonates beyond your your legislative district and uh, should be heard uh,
2: more.
0: Uh, that's my thought.
2: Dan, your well, thought before we let him I, go.
0: I, I. I agree. I obviously agree with Don, but I I think that that you, I have not been to your website. I'm sure it's a terrific website. Um, We should uh, work with Jim to uh, try and get a copy, uh, uh, an audio copy of this interview, because I think people would enjoy listening to your eloquence and your ideas. That are not racially driven, but are American driven. Yep. And I would encourage you to do as much as possible, recording what you're saying and put it on your website uh, and get let people know and and push the website and push the issues. And if you want to hear more, go to my website and listen to what I've done on radio and television. Be use the the free media like Donald Trump. Find yourself as much as possible an opportunity to get in front of newspaper radio and television people in your area, and just talk their heads off.
2: Well, Albert.
1: Excellent advice. I thank you for that. Go to VoteElbert.com. Please send your advice, your prayers, and your money.
2: And uh, fairly recently, Albert uh, did some fundraising totals. He's reached six figures as of July um, he's he's got a lot of donors out there, but he needs more help. Check out VoteElbert.com and uh, Albert, I appreciate you making time for us today. I appreciate your uh, campaign manager and advisor, Howie, for making this happen and uh, you guys have yourself a, a, a wonderful day and uh, we'll be back with more with Dan and Don here in a few moments. Thank you, Albert. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank
1: you. It was a wonderful conversation.
2: Definitely. We're going to take a break with Dan and Don. We're going to put them on old on Skype. We are going to take a brief time out and come back with more here on the world famous cheeky jaguar radio program judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com
0: it's my little escape
2: now judy's the life of the party
0: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
2: whoa take it easy judy (laughs)